Welcome to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we've been discussing renewing our mindset, and we are continuing our discussion on finding hope with author Heather M. Dixon. Heather is a personal friend and an author, speaker, and Bible teacher who understands living with a story that is not easy. Diagnosed with an incurable and terminal genetic disorder that she inherited from her mother, she is passionate about encouraging and equipping women to trust in God, face their greatest fears, and live with hope, especially amid difficult circumstances. When she is not blogging at therescuedletters.com or speaking at women's conferences and events, Heather loves to make the most of everyday moments, such as cooking for her husband and son, brainstorming all the possible ways to organize Legos and superheroes, checking out way too many library books, or unashamedly indulging in her love for all things Disney. Heather is a regular contributor to Journey Magazine and the author of the Women's Bible Studies Renewed, Finding Hope When You Don't Like Your Story, and Determined, Living Like Jesus in Every Moment. Y'all, Heather and I began this writing journey around the same time as we talked about last time, and it's such a joy to see how God is using her to write these studies. And if you haven't uh, tried or studied some of her other books that she has, I want to encourage you to do so, and we'll have links for that at the end. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hey, thanks, Denise. Thanks for having me back on. Love it and love talking about hope. So the the scripture for this episode is taken from Romans 15, verse 13, one of my favorite verses lately. I always change my favorite verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Shortly after Heather and I were prayer partners at a She Speaks conference, she encouraged me to do a 31-day writing challenge, and I wrote a book on finding hope called 31 Days to Hope Reinvented. It is a walk through grief that helps us to find real hope in our living hope, Jesus Christ. You know, we have to die to our hope to find hope. Heather, why do you think it is so hard to give up the hopes we have and trust God's plan? Mm, that that is it is it is hard. It's very hard, isn't it? I I think that some of that lies in in a couple of things. Some of it lies in our culture. You know, we live in a society that you know promises. Uh, it, I mean, it's the prosperity gospel over and over again. It, you know, not just in the, I mean, in, mm. in the Christian community for sure. You know, we there are people reading. You know, if you do this, God will bless you in this way, and that's not actually what what God says. He says, if you want to follow me, you have to pick up your cross and follow me and lay down everything else. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I think, and number one, I think we've been taught. Uh, a wrong gospel. And even if it's not the prosperity gospel, I think no one likes to talk about the fact that the Christian life includes suffering. And this is something that I naively thought too. You know, when I when I became a Christian, I was 12 years old and I thought, great, I've accepted Jesus as my personal savior. Everything is going to be picket fences and rainbows from here. I had lost my mom at the age of 11, met Jesus at 12, and it's like, it's smooth sailing here on out, right? That was my expectation, whether that was because what I had been told in the church or because I just misunderstood it because of what society was breeding in me. That is how I internalized walking with Jesus going forward, was that everything is going to be easy peasy, and it wasn't. Um, my dad died when I was 31. Uh, my mm-hmm. son was, when my son was born, my colon ruptured. 
I had a miscarriage. I had, uh, I've lost my carotid artery. It ruptured uh, in 2015. And, you know, now I have this diagnosis, this medical diagnosis that is very scary. And, you know, I think I really had to come face to face with the fact that the Christian life is not picket fences and rainbows. Some of it is. Yes. Sometimes we are, are blessed to see like tiny snippets of heaven. I think that God gives us those to remind us of what's coming. Um, and, and walking with Jesus does produce joy, but it does not produce ease. And so I think that it is hard because we have been selling ourselves a lot that we think we we are we deserve and and yeah. we don't. And so, you know, I think that some of that it's it's hard because you know we're we're believing things that are not a hundred percent true. Uh, we're believing a manipulation of the gospel, and the gospel is that you know life life in this broken world will be very difficult, and it will be even more difficult if you are a follower of Christ. But he will help you through it, and that is the point: is that you know he he gives us an abundant supernatural ability to walk through these things because of who he is and what he gives us. Um, so mm-hmm. I think if we can separate ourselves, you know, and, and this is why I study the Bible because I want to know it's the authority it says, so I can hear something from either society or from you know a, a gospel that's being preached that is not the true gospel, and say you know what that's not what the Bible says. That's actually not accurate. So I'm not setting myself up for disappointment. Yes. Um, and I, you know, and I think it's hard too because we just we yeah, we we don't have we don't have the eyes to see everything that's going on. You know, we we have eyes for what's right in front of us. And I have eyes for the fact that what am I gonna eat for lunch today? You know, we we just we we don't train our minds to see forward and also recognize there's there's a there's a bigger picture than what we're just we're playing. So, you know, God God has this this broad master plan and we're a small piece of it. We're a valued and cherished piece of it, but we're a small piece of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I love um Growing up, I used to say, you know, it's it's, it's not about you, <laughs> or you know, my, my grandma used to say, it's not it's not about you. And everything's not about you. And so, you know, we we live in a culture where is is egotistically driven. And if we can step out of that, then maybe we'll have a better time. Um, you know, acknowledging, okay, God, your hopes, your will for me is better than the hopes that I have. Yes, and you know. I was just thinking some of the same thoughts uh, that you were just saying about the Bible, like some of the belief system we have is not scriptural. It's not biblical. Mm-hmm. It's uh, whether it is that prosperity gospel. But I also, one thing that always brings me back to reality is this is not heaven. So right. what were our <laughs> expectations? In fact, Jesus very clearly told us mm-hmm. we have problems down here. So I think... Mm-hmm. We think it's going to be unicorns and roses when we accept Jesus as our Savior. And it's like, right? no. But you know, some people then would say, well, the man, maybe I I don't want to accept Jesus because it's just too hard. You know, it's like, oh, trust me, it is harder. (laughs) (laughs) You have the Savior, our Savior, to walk with you, God with us. That a lot of people don't live in that into that reality, you know, and so we struggle and we struggle on our own and we wonder why we don't have hope. It's because we're not the the indwelling Holy Spirit is there to comfort us, and we need to lean into that, not lean into the world or ourselves for comfort. 
So Heather, you make a distinction between being hopeful and not helpless. Can you share about this? Yeah. So I think that when you live with a story that you don't like and you can't change, there is a tendency to victimize yourself and you know victimize your story and um and certainly you know there there's there's a fine line i think between authentic grief and then idolizing your hard story like we mentioned in the last episode mm. and i think that that line on either side of that line is hope and on the other side is is feeling helpless and feeling like a victim and I think that the difference is when you are hopeful, recognizing that you are not doing this alone. You are not walking through your story alone. And also it's it's not reliant upon you. Um, you know, I, I think that we we tend to feel helpless and victimized and paralyzed. I mean, that's one of the things I think that when you have a story that just feels so overwhelming, the the for me, at least, the immediate response is just to feel paralyzed. Like, I don't know how to move forward with this. And then that makes me feel helpless because I don't have any control over anything. And, you know, it's real. We don't have any control. God is always in control of everything. We can't change His plan, nor can we mess it up. But, you know, when we're relying on ourselves to pull us out of that, then yes, we're going to start to feel helpless. And so I think the distinction is between acknowledging that God is with you and everything is not up to you. Mm. And, um, and, and yes, I mean, knowing that, you know, if, if we, if we, if we start to think that everything is like, it's up to us, like to pull myself out of the story. Yeah. I'm going to feel helpless because I'm just, I'm not going to be up to that task. But knowing that we walk with the Savior of the world, knowing that the power of the resurrection of the cross lies within us as well, knowing Mm -hmm. that we have the helper Holy Spirit to walk us through these things, knowing that, you know, the God, the creator of the universe that set the moon and the stars in the sky is the creator of the universe that's working behind our details to move us from a place from from, from tragedy and hardship to hope hope, then we can start to have hope in that. We we can't hope in ourselves, but we can hope in Jesus. And that's where the distinction lies for me. And I think some listening today, I just feel like they need to hear that we need to convince ourselves that what Heather is sharing, that what the Word of God says is true. Mm. Because the enemy is a liar. And we think, we tend to think, well, I have a thought, therefore it's true. It's likely not. Right. <laughs> you know, we we deceive ourselves and we give in to that because that is resident within our own minds. And so we kind of accept it without much questioning. But if we're willing to examine it through scripture, this is and this is work sometimes, and it takes developing that habit of taking captive thoughts, uh, hopeless thoughts, helpless thoughts. And saying, okay, this isn't just a little fluffy faith statement. This is real. Mm -hmm. What God has said are promises for me. And so what I'm hearing banging around in my head is actually the lie. Right. So I think we have to kind of really get our our fight going, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned in your study that we need to take baby steps of faith. And sometimes I think we want hope and restoration right now. Mm -hmm. But the process is not something to be avoided. And you mentioned process. I don't know if it was on the last episode, uh, what Lisa Turkis had talked about, but how do you recommend people take baby steps? 
Yeah, so I think this is really important, especially to move us away from that place of feeling paralyzed and victimized and helpless and move us toward a place of hope is acknowledging, and this is the, you know, the free will part of what God gives us is that we, we are not helpless. We can do some things that can bring us to a place where we feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're taking a step forward. We're moving today. We're moving from point A to point B. My, my best friend, Kristen, we were just talking about um, compassion and what that looks like for her. And she, cause she's a very compassionate person. And, you know, she said, ultimately it's helping someone get from point A to point B and baby stepping our way to that. And so, you know, I, I think that if we can figure out and ask ourselves every day, if we're walking through a story that we don't like, we get up in the morning and we say, what is one baby step I can take today that will move me towards point B, you know, from point A, move me further away from where I am and closer to where I feel like God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think, and that's the baby step is that, you know, we, and I'm speaking as someone who gets very overwhelmed with big things, you know, big, big projects, big decisions, um, cleaning my entire house. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a very practical example of this. Cleaning my entire house, I will procrastinate it forever because I feel like if I, if I you know, spend a whole day saying, I'm going to clean my entire house today, it's not going to get done because I will get overwhelmed with the process of cleaning a four-bedroom house. But if I say, I'm going to clean the baseboards today, I'm going to base, I'm going to baby step that, or you know what, I am going to clean off the kitchen counters today. And then tomorrow I am going to sweep the floors. If I baby step it, then I can move myself from a place of inactivity to a place where I feel like there's change and growth and movement. Um, And, you know, we can apply that same, you know, same method to bigger things, you know, like, okay, I'm really drowning in in processing the ramifications of this scary medical diagnosis. What is a baby step I can take to get me to a place where I can function on a daily basis without being overwhelmed by the realities of this diagnosis? And mm-hmm. for me, you know, that baby step looked like to talk to a Christian therapist. I am going to talk to my pastor. I'm going to make an appointment. That's my baby step. I'm going to make an appointment today. And so I think that, you know, giving ourselves, you know, the courage, embracing the courage just to take a baby step moves us forward and helps us feel not helpless, but hopeless because we know that we're working on things that we can change and God is working on things that we can't, but he can. Mm. You know, I'm working on this book on mindsets. And as Mm -hmm. we're talking, one of the mindsets I cover is the helpless mindset. Mm. And I have to tell you, I wept and wept as I wrote that chapter at realizing Mm. that another name for the Holy Spirit is helper. Yes. So in our helplessness, we are never a lost cause, y'all. And, you know, I was thinking about the, the baby steps. There's an offensive and a defensive approach in our path to finding hope. We have to deal with the naysayers of hope in our life and our mind so we can accept the hope that God has for us. And I think sometimes we base our hope on what other people see in our lives. It's like we live our lives in front of an audience. And that's where my book, Shame Off You, came from. It's this Mm -hmm. sense of this shame culture. And so that steals our hope as well. 
So Heather, you have a section called Our Action. And so some of the baby steps is that and God's plan. Mm -hmm. What is our action and what is not our action? Well, I think our action, to me, it feels very tangible. You know, our our action are the things that God has placed in front of us that we know that we can change. Um, And some of the examples that I, you know, just gave, like, can we make an appointment? Can we call a friend? Can we, you know, take literal action on something today that would bring us to a greater sense of peace in our day? What is not in our action, though, are, you know, the, 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 the big, broad, overarching things that God is working on. And And not that he's, I mean, he's also working in our details too, but I think that there are things like, you know, shifting hearts, changing hearts. God does that. You know, the the Holy Spirit changes hearts. We don't change hearts. Um, So, you know, for example, if you are praying for, um, you know, a, a, a prodigal son or daughter to return, if you're praying for a lost friend, an unbelieving friend, um, you know, that that's we we there are tangible things that we can do to support them and love them right where they are, but not in our action are changing is changing their hearts. God's gonna do that. Like that's that's not our business, not our job. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that it's it's those kinds of things, remembering that God is going to give us jobs to do and works work to do, but ultimately this battle is his. Ultimately, this is, you know, what he's going to do. It's just like looking back at, I was just uh, saying this, being reminded of the story of Jericho and Joshua, you know, where he says, okay, here's what I need you to do, but here's what I'm actually going to do, <laughs> you know, and he, and he doesn't tell them that he says, you know, I need you to march around the wall three times and blow this trumpet and shout, you know, for God. And, you know, so there are things that he wants us to do, but the entire battle, like those are very, very small things that, uh, you know, that, that Joshua and the Israelite army had to do to honor God in that moment, trusting that God was going to take care of the battle. And so I think, you know, we can apply those same truths for us, you know, is that there are tangible baby steps of faith that we can take and then trust that this is, you know, the, the battles, the warriors, you know, the, the spiritual warfare piece of it, uh, the changing hearts piece of it, the moving, you know, our, our hearts and this entire world towards the advancement of his will are things that he is going to take action on. So, I mean, and, and that the answer to that question can be a bit nebulous because sometimes, you know, we don't we don't always know what he's working on, but we know that God is working and we can trust that. And I think at the heart of the answer to that question is trusting God to do the things that we can't change while we work mm. on the baby things that we can. Amen. And I think the word you said and use that stuck out to me was apply mm. because mm-hmm. we can be hearers of God's word and doing it in our life. And I think even my kids, you know, growing up in a Christian culture, it was okay. You know, we're Christians and they were, they'd accepted Christ, but you can get into a Christian culture instead of really interacting with God and, and Mm -hmm. taking ownership of your faith and applying those principles to your life. And uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge all of our days. I'll tell you. Um, so John Piper talks about the superior pleasure we have in Christ, a hope far superior to any hope on earth. Can you share how a future hope can help us when we feel hopeless and helpless and our circumstances don't look like they will change? 
Absolutely. So this is this is funny because this actually came up in my, in my uh, personal life on a very small scale this week because I have um, an ongoing text thread with two of my uh, my, my my best friends. They're my college roommates. Uh, we were in college together over twenty years ago, and we talk every day. And we have done we've done this for years, and so we just kind of are each other's support system and truth tellers. And we, you know, the three of us were really dealing with a very rough and difficult day. And I said, let's get something on the books. Let's get a girl's day, you know, or either a virtual like duo hangout or Google hangout or something. So we know we have something to look forward to because the next few days are going to continue to be rough. But if we can keep our eyes on that prize, then we'll be okay. Cause we know we can get through this because we have something good coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. And I think that that same kind of, of uh, visual, that same situation is what Christ promises us. In Philippians, Paul talks about keeping our eye on the prize and not on, you know, this, what's going on down here. And I, you know, I like to think about it like hindsight, um, you know, and, and whether you have 2020 vision or, or hindsight and like, and like framing lens, like taking lenses, putting, like, imagine putting your hands around your, um, around your eyes and framing your eyes so that you're not seeing all this mess around you, but you're seeing what the prize that is coming ahead. And we have the prize now. Jesus is our prize. We have it today, but there's also a prize that's coming forward for us in heaven. Which I think mm. we like, you know, we we talk about it on this really surface level, but I I don't I don't know. I'm wondering if we're missing the hunger of heaven. Um, yeah. I was listening to Jackie Hill Perry yesterday, and she said, "I really think we need, uh, you know, our, our society needs a healthy and robust doctrine of heaven." I was like, I, I totally agree. The problem with that is that, I mean, yes, the Bible tells us uh, we do have some snippets of of truths about heaven, but ultimately it's still a very, it's a mystery. But I do think that that will help us if we can, you know, get into Revelation, get into what the Bible says about what is coming ahead, and that will help us with those blinders. So we're not always looking behind us with that hindsight, but we have, you know, our, our lenses on and we are keeping our eyes on the prize. You can't see me, but I'm holding my hands up right now. (laughs) Like I I have like little (laughs) blinders around my eyes. I'm like, let's keep our eye on the prize and knowing that what is coming is good. And then what we're experiencing today doesn't feel so awful because we know there's an end point. You know, this is not going to last. None of this is going to last. Um, And so that future hope of heaven can help us when we just don't like our circumstances. It'll, it'll, It'll get us through. Mm. And, you know, surrender is what I think of. That is such a beautiful word, trust and faith. Trials cause us to stop being fixed on hopes that just don't last. Heather, is there anything else that you would like to share? You know, I think that ultimately for women that are walking through a hard story or women walking through, if you're, you know, if you're reading this or, or sorry, listening to this and you, you know, just like, I don't like my, my story. I want you to remember, um, you know, four things. You have permission to grieve. I want you to remember that God is working in your details, even when you can't see it. Hang on to that future hope. I want you to remember 
remember that you are not helpless. You are hopeful because Jesus is with you. And I want you to remember that God promises to renew every single one of our stories in his mighty and powerful way that he does that. And you are not alone. Mm. Thank you so much, Heather, for being with us and just sharing this wonderful message in your Bible study. Can you please share again how our listeners can find you? Yeah, so I am at therescuedletters.com, rescued as in I have been rescued by God over and over, letters as in I write a bunch of letters about it to people. You can find me on social media at Rescued Letters, and you can find Renewed wherever books are sold. Friends, God has a hope for you. It's not just a little word out there. It's a reality. This hope is not dependent upon anything else but Himself, and He is always faithful. Tune in next month as we talk about how to be brave in a crazy world. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. 